We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I bring the energy. I bring preparation. Also, to be able to work with Steve Stone was a huge selling point for me because this guy has worked with the best in the business. He is, I think, one of the best analysts in the business as a legend. And getting to know him this past Sunday over dinner, like we just hit it off. And, and I think it's going to be pretty smooth transition to working with him on a daily basis because he has so much knowledge that I'm like, Steve, look, I just want to be your point guard. I'm just going to throw it up at the rim. I'm going to give you the easiest alley you can ever have because the knowledge you have, I want you to start dropping nuggets and be able to give fans something to take away from every game. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score that is the voice of the new TV voice of the Chicago White Sox. That's John Schifrin, and uh, he'll be working with the great Steve Stone, and we're delighted to welcome Stoney to the show. He joins us now on the uh, the score hotline powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Steve, good morning. How are you? I'm very good. In for a couple of days, uh, there's no blizzard, so that part <laughs> of it's really good. Uh, and after uh, after they informed us that the plane did not work on the way here, the they couldn't start the engine, and I figured it was much better if this happened at the gate as opposed to in the air. But after a, a three-and-a-half to four-hour delay, I was able finally to get into Chicago where uh, where we're having an abbreviated Sox Fest this weekend. But it's, uh, it's kind of exciting because um, – uh, Getting a new partner is always an interesting transition, and uh, we certainly uh, wish Jason the best of luck uh, with the Tigers. I'm sure the people in Detroit are going to love him, and I think the folks here in Chicago are going to like John Schriffen. Yeah, Steve, welcome to town. The weather is agreeable. At least it's not so cold like it was last weekend. So tell us about the dinner you had with John Schriffen, and tell us about what Sox fans can expect from somebody who – might be relatively new, but made a very good first impression when he was on the station yesterday afternoon. Well, I think a couple of different things. Number one, uh, he's done just about every different sport, which doesn't really affect baseball fans when he's going to do baseball. But he has done he has done uh, top of the line baseball. He's sat in a, a couple of times on Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN, when uh, when Boog Shambi uh, was not available, and so he he did top-of-the-line baseball, uh, I think he has an engaging personality, and I think that's going to come out, especially as he gets uh, used to 
the new surroundings. And one of the things that I told them during the the meeting, I, I said, you know, if if you are fortunate to be the guy that's chosen, you're going to be working with a great crew because uh, having worked with a lot of different people in a lot of different cities, uh, all the people that get together to put on this broadcast on NBC Sports Chicago uh, are just, they're conscientious, top-of-the-line folks, whether it's the engineers, the sound guys, uh, our uh, our producer, our director. Uh, it's just uh, these are guys that want to put on the best product, and I think John's going to be pretty well impressed when he sees how things are put together here in Chicago. So I'm very excited about uh, about him coming to town. Uh, I, I think uh, because he hasn't worked uh, with one specific local team, he's not really branded yet. I think that branding is going to come as a Chicago White Sox broadcaster, and I'm looking forward to that. Plus, I, I'm looking forward to uh, – watching his personality develop as he moves along. So I have no doubt he's going to be very enthusiastic. He's going to be well-prepared. And uh, the rest of it's going to come as uh, as he does more games under the banner of the Chicago White Sox. And, and it's going to be uh, interesting to, um, I was saying to David, you know, when you're broadcasting games, like you're sitting in my living room, we're all watching the game together, Steve. It's one of the things I, I love about what you do because you can just sit there and you're telling me what's going on and I'm appreciating all that uh, you can offer. And he says he's going to kind of stay out of the way of the game and, and let you tell us what's going on. And, uh, you know, the idea of being a point guard, is, it's a good it's – a, it's a very healthy way of approaching his job. Well, look, I, I, I think it's uh, – both of us are incumbents – on each other to bring the best out of each other in every broadcast. And it's completely different. And, and I think, um, you know, being a smart guy, you, they don't let you into Dartmouth unless you have a modicum of intelligence. And I think he certainly has that. Uh, I, I think that um, what, what will happen is that personality and his abilities will come out and only get refined. And, you know, it's not a question of him consistently uh, sitting back because the play-by-play guy is the guy that's going to give you the direction of the broadcast, and then uh, he's going to bring the analyst, in this case me, into it. You know, whenever he sees fit. But uh, the main thing is, I think it's going to be a really good partnership that's only going to develop. And I, I think that, um, and I told him, look, here's the situation, and you guys know this, as every White Sox fan knows it. Last year was terribly disappointing, and the team just didn't do real well in in almost every category you need to excel in baseball. But that doesn't mean this team is relegated to do that again this year. So although we realize that coming off a terrible season where this team is not rated like the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, they're going to have their tough ball games. It's going to be not as easy as a team, you know, that's going to win 95 games a year. But it's going to be something that, you can build on as your team develops. And I think that that's what's going to happen with this White Sox team. I think that a lot of people with dire predictions of what's going to happen this year, I don't tell you they're going to win the division because uh, quite obviously there's a lot of work to be done before that happens. But I will tell you the team itself is going to have a different look. And I talked with uh, with Pedro Grafal at length last night. This is one of our, our first 
the first of two of the get-togethers we're going to have in this abbreviated Sox Fest. And Pedro realizes that there was a lot of things that didn't happen the way he wanted them to happen last year. And he feels that uh, given uh, almost a, a brand new uh, block of, of clay to mold, that he's going to be able to do a, a, a job this year that he wasn't able to do last year. So I'm looking forward to it. I want to see him in spring training. I want to see all the new additions, and there's a lot of them. I want to see how they come together as a team. So during this abbreviated Sox Fest, Steve, how will mm-hmm. you articulate your feelings about the news that the Sox are exploring the idea of a ballpark at uh, Clark and Roosevelt and the, the patch of land called the 78, and it's in the South Loop, and it's exciting for a lot of Sox fans. The news was last week. What do you think about that, and where can you uh, tell us that uh, if the project is is proceeding, where it is? Well, certainly the uh, the Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf would love to see uh, a new stadium. We know the deficiencies of the old stadium, although it's been you know it's been a nice place to play baseball. I think for the fans, uh, they should rest assured that in a brand new ballpark, the food is going to come over. The the food, which I think is some of the best food in baseball. Uh, at the ballpark uh, is going to translate to another park. I I think you'll have all of the advantages of a brand-new ballpark, the way it's designed, and the way things are in the newer parks now. uh, Players have a lot more opportunities to to take advantage of both the physical aspect, the mental aspect of of competition, getting ready for a season, Mm -hmm. all of the brand-new things that, uh, that new stadiums have that the Sox don't have in their stadium now. So I I think it's kind of exciting. And, you know, everybody is waiting to see, will this eventually be the piece of land that the, uh, you know, that the stadium is going to be built on? I think they probably will get a new one. I think for so many people who were, you know, uh, feeling kind of insecure that the team is going to leave town, the team is not going to leave town. And so uh, uh, I I think the, the new stadium would be ideal. I think it is exciting. I'd like to see as we move further along to see the details of it, but I don't know any details. I've seen the renderings like just about everybody else. It looks like it's going to be gorgeous if it comes to fruition. Um, what do you make of how they're going to look on the field? They've ch- changed out a lot of different positions. They're still, you know, I guess I guess Pedro Cafol said that they're going to start um, Dylan Cease on opening day, he projects him as the opening day starter, which is good news because it means he's still with the team. But we don't know how long he's going to be with the team, given everything that has been rumored uh, out there. Um, wh- what are your projections? I know Zips didn't think a lot of them, but looking at what they have and their quest to get better defense, how will this translate to the season? Well, Molly, that's that's exactly what um, Chris gets and his staff. The first thing they're going to bring to the organization is um, the desire to have some people consistently catch the baseball. I think that's really important. And this will be a better defensive team than it's been in the last couple of years because it hasn't been particularly good. So uh, I think the emphasis on that is going to help the pitching staff. And there's going to be no end of candidates to who winds up in the rotation. And I think that that's, uh, that's one thing that I will look forward to seeing how the pitching shakes out. I think they're, 
there is a lot of candidates for that rotation. But quite obviously, if uh, if Dylan Cease is still around, and I anticipate that he will be, um, he is going to get the opening day start and should because he deserves it. I know last year was a down year, but it was a down year for a lot of people. But I hearken back to a couple of years ago when Dylan was one of the most dominant pitchers around. I think the new pitching coordination uh, with Brian Bannister around, I think it's going to help a lot of the pitchers rediscover what they did when they were doing it well. And you go back to a couple of years ago when Dylan Cease had the unhittable slider. It was consistent just about every time out he knew he was going to have it. And last year, for whatever reason, um, he lost the ability to consistently throw it for strikes. And because of that, the wipeout pitch was gone, and he did strike out still a whole lot of people. However, he was using an inordinate amount of pitches to do that. And the Sox don't need Dylan Cease at the 100-pitch mark in the fifth inning. So getting some early outs will be a brand-new idea of attacking the hitter, which I think Dylan is going to go after this year. Uh, The inexplicable loss of the slider last year and getting behind a whole lot of people and using up a lot of pitches, I think that that – That took him out of a lot of games earlier than the Sox would like to see him out of games. So uh, I want to see how the the rotation shakes out in spring training. But I think a better defense is going to help that. And then they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to limit the runs they give up because this is not going to be an offensive powerhouse. Although it looks like they'll be better offensively than they were last year. Steve, why is Dylan C still here? If you are a team that's going to be relying on prospects and wants to rebuild your farm system, and if you are a franchise in an organization that typically doesn't sign ace pitchers to long-term deals, why would you not be motivated to move him this offseason or maybe more likely before the deadline? Is that a fair question? Oh, I think any question, David, is a fair question. And I think the answer is pretty simple in that um, let's say that you have – uh, a very valuable baseball card. Let's say you have the Honus Wagner baseball card in your pocket, and you're saying to me, I would like to sell this to you or to anybody else who's around, you know, who's going to give me what it is that I want. You put a value on that card, and you say to me, I would like to sell this to you. You, let's say, being the Baltimore Orioles because of their organization and because of who they have coming up. And you say, ideally, your organization fits with mine. Ideally, you would like to hand me this card. However, I'm not going to give you what you think that card is worth. Doesn't mean I won't give it to you a month from now. It just means right today, the value that you're putting on that card, I can't give you or I won't give you. And that is the case in the Dylan Cease uh, sweepstakes because I do believe that Dylan will be traded. However, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that he's not traded for quite some time, and the reason is if they don't trade him, that means that things started off pretty well for the Sox, that they're having a pretty decent year and they want to hold on to Dylan Cease. It also means that whoever it is that you're asking, and certainly one would be the Yankees, certainly one would be Baltimore, but you're not excluding everybody else. You're saying to these teams, if you want him, here's the asking price. And Chris Getz and his staff has an asking price for every one of the teams that's involved in the Dylan C sweepstakes. And so, you know, where they might want a, a couple of the really good young guys for Baltimore and Baltimore says, nah, I'm not quite ready to do it yet. Maybe if Baltimore doesn't get off to that rip roaring start, maybe if they're sitting there in contention, as we get closer to the trade deadline, maybe all of a sudden it changes and they'll add 
one or two of those guys that you might want, and that's what the Sox are waiting for. Will they trade Dylan Cease? Yes, of course they will. However, they're not going to make it a bargain basement sale. They're going to hold out because they don't have to move him. He's under control two more years. That's an enviable position to be in. Yeah, um, I'm very curious um, what their grand plan is. You know what I mean? Like, we talked a little bit about um, Luis Robert Jr. and whether or not if you're getting rid of players, and I don't mean getting rid of, but whether you're trying to improve, does he belong on this team? Now, he's a young guy. He's a great player. I don't want to see him leave, but I listen to people talk about it and say, if you want to get better, he's your greatest asset. Well, this is this is my philosophy, not necessarily Chris's philosophy or his staff. My philosophy is there is no such thing as an untouchable player. Um, if you get the right package back, I think you can trade anybody. They don't want to trade Luis Robert. They are not actively shopping Luis Robert. But I'm pretty sure they're willing to listen to anybody who comes in and says, you know what, I really want him to be the cornerstone of my organization that I'm going to build, and I'm going to give you X, Y, and Z for him. All of a sudden, those are looking pretty good. And I would say, fine, move him. If you're not where you want to be as an organization, I don't think you have an untouchable. And you go back to the original, if Babe Ruth can be sold, you know, if Babe Ruth can go from Boston to the Yankees, two of the greatest, uh, you know, adversaries there are in baseball, if he can do that, anybody can be traded. And that's the philosophy that I would have. Again, they don't want to move him because they view him as a building block and justifiably so. But with the right deal, I think you can pretty much say, uh, you know, hello to the people you get in return and goodbye to the people you're trading. I, I think that's a philosophy you have to have when you're in the building aspect of a team that you think has a lot of room for growth, and I think the Sox are that kind of team. Steve, where's your confidence level in Garrett Crochet as he makes a transition into the starting rotation? Ideally, 24-year-old lefty still has a ton of potential, has had some injuries, and now Chris Getz says they want to try him in the rotation. Where's your confidence? Well, I think they're going to try to try a few different people in the rotation. But I don't think necessarily that Garrett is going to be locked into that rotation, especially off the top. You know, there, there was a very good team for many years that, that raised uh, a whole stable full of wonderful pitchers. And they are, they were the Baltimore Orioles. And what they did with a lot of their pitchers, they put them in the bullpen first. I mean, Dennis Martinez threw a perfect game, won 245 games, came up with Baltimore, and became a wonderful pitcher, and he started out in the bullpen because that's where you can learn how to pitch without the pressure because you can be inserted into situations that don't have much pressure if you're a pensman. You can't do that if you're a starting pitcher. So I don't rule out Garrett Crochet being a starter. I think eventually he's probably ticketed for that. But right now I'm not sure exactly if that's where he's going to start. He could. But who knows? There's there's a, there's a few different uh, candidates for the rotation, and it could very well be that uh, Kopech and uh, and Crochet wind up at least for the start, starting out of the bullpen and see what happens. Because one of the advantages that you have in this day and age of baseball, if you have that multi-inning guy out of your pen, that guy that can go two or three innings consistently out of your bullpen, 
that's a huge advantage on the rest of the pen and to a certain extent the starting rotation. So with a couple of guys like that in the pen to start at least, it might be an advantageous situation. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate your time and uh, and best of luck over the weekend. Thanks, Steve. Okay, guys, we will be talking quite a bit, I'm pretty sure, as we move along. And uh, let's see how exciting it'll get this year. Take care. Have a good rest of the show. Thanks so much. That's Steve Stone, the scores baseball expert. Good stuff. Interesting. And you did roll your eyes when he said Michael Kopech in the starting rotation. Um, and I think did it's, I a, really? it's a justifiable – well, people on Twitch saw it. I oh. saw it. Everyone saw it. I, you know what? It's, it's understandable um, I, I, I think lack they of got, patience. I think they kind of have one pitcher, right? I mean, I'm, I don't know about Fatty. Since, I don't know yeah. about, um, you know, who's the other guy they picked up, Zaval, whatever the guy's name is. I, I, the Sox, man. Soroka. It's, just, it's Soroka. That's yeah. who I was thinking of. Tukey. I'm just the, the, the Sox I'm, pitching situation yeah. makes you want to talk about the new ballpark. There you go. <laughs> makes me want to build a new ballpark. When we come back, Molly, the, the Bears have a quarterback's coach. Oh, they, they have, have hired They somebody. have hired a quarterback's coach, and we'll talk about him. Breaking news on the score. We'll tell you about him next. Molly and Han score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mullen Hawk got you ready for the conference championship games this weekend with experts analysis from former Bears head coach Dave Wanstead. You know, Kyle Shanahan, I think, is going to – that, that staff there, they're going to be together. They're, they're going to be calm. I, I think they're going to handle the emotions a little bit better than Detroit. This Baltimore defense, Baltimore, I think, is the most complete team. I would take Baltimore in this game. NFL Network reporter Stacey Dale. Wait, they all have great defenses, too. I mean, Detroit – Baltimore's defense is incredible. San Francisco's defense is incredible. And Kansas City, this is the best defense they've ever had that Patrick Mahomes Holmes has ever had. So it's, it's going to be really, really interesting to see who heads to the Super Bowl after next weekend. NFL insider Mike Florio. I had Chiefs 49ers in the Super Bowl back before week one. So what I'm going to struggle with this week, now that my two Super Bowl teams are on the brink of making it, do I just ride them the rest of the way? 
or do I say, nah, I kind of like what Detroit's got going on, or I kind of like what the Ravens have going on, so I got two more days to think about it. Former football coach, Charlie Weiss. Well, although Andy Reid's my guy, and I root for Andy Reid, I think the Ravens, right now, they look like the best team. 105 The Fan Midday Host in Baltimore, Vinny Serrato. I, I think Ravens Niners again is what I think. Bet MGM Hawks great Chris Chelios. If I'm taking a team, I'm going to take KC, and I, you know I'm still going to take Detroit just because I'm betting with my heart. Jared Payton. I have a hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes, but there's something about Lamar that Ravens team just seems balanced. I think I'm going to go with the Ravens, and the other game. The Lions have been the more balanced team all year long. As much as I think that everybody thinks they're going to get blown out, it, Brock Purdy, to me, is still the wild card in that. Nick Costas. Maybe the Ravens blow them out. It's possible. I'm willing to live with that result, guys. I'll take Kansas City plus the points. I'm going to pick the Lions to win on Sunday in San Francisco. Chicago Tribune Bears beat reporter Brad Biggs. I think Baltimore is going to win, guys. 49ers are going to be a really tough out for them. I I think San Francisco takes care of business. Joe Fortenbaugh. Love the Ravens here. Probably love them too much. I have it four and a half. I'd lay the four. Really like Baltimore in this game. I like the Niners. Niners open six and a half, move to seven. Market's now moving to seven and a half. So if you can get the seven, play the seven. From WXYT on 97.1, the ticket, Detroit. Mike Valenti. You got to be pretty cold-hearted not to, you know, kind of rally up a little. I know they're a division rival. It's like being angry that some homeless guy won a free bed. You can't be mad at him. You sleep <laughs> on the street for 20 years. Mullen Haw and your reactions to the conference championship games this weekend on 670 The Score. Mullen Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, yeah, this is going to be fun this weekend in the championship games, and it's going to be fun watching the Bears put a staff together. Yes, it is. Both In both cases, you're exactly right, Mully. The games will be fun, and the Bears have a new quarterbacks coach. He is Kerry Joseph, according to Tom Pelissero. Kerry Joseph has been with the Seahawks and Shane Waldron for the last couple years. He came to the Seahawks staff in 2020, has worked on Waldron's staff for the last two seasons as a quarterback's coach, and now he joins the Bears, former CFL quarterback in NFL safety. So right. he played safety for the Seahawks uh, in the late 90s, and then he went up to Canada and had a career as a quarterback on the other side of the ball. Versatile guy, valuable to Shane Waldron, and he will be the position coach for whoever the Bears choose to play the position next season. Breaking news on 670 The Score is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Uh, interesting background there. He, uh, Kerry Joseph was the, was the reserve, the backup, uh, I guess the assistant quarterbacks coach the last two seasons in Seattle, and he will come here uh, with Shane Waldron, we had a story earlier that uh, that the guy who was currently a quarterbacks coach opted. He turned down a wide receiver. Sanjay Lal was the Seahawks assistant coach who was in the mix to be the Bears wide receiver coach. Dan Weederer tweets out that he has decided to explore opportunities elsewhere, which does raise the question, and I think it's a legitimate one, will coaches be reluctant to come to Chicago because they might wonder about the job security and the longevity 
of a Matt Eberflus. Sanjay, by the way, is hilarious. It was a lol joke. <laughs> no, spelled differently. <laughs> S A N J A Y. S A N J A Y. But what's his last name? L A L. Okay. I was doing L O L. L O O. Yeah. Lal. Sanjay Lal. Yeah. He is not in the mix any longer. <laughs> All right. It's okay. Let's not punish ourselves over it. But uh, yeah, that's good. You know, I, I mean, what a wild career to be a. Uh, a safety in the NFL and then a quarterback in the Canadian. Yeah, Kerry Joseph has his uh, yeah. work cut out for him or an exciting new challenge. Depending on who you're yeah. coaching, you, you're either inheriting right. Justin Fields and trying to resuscitate his career. Is that the right way to put um, it? Not, I, I don't know. Not resuscitate. I, does he need resuscitation? I think if he stays in Chicago, he's going to have to okay. reframe it. Okay, and he fair. did that with Geno Smith. I think that's the experience that you well, like. That's good experience. Geno Smith became the NFL Comeback Player of the Year last season, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Uh, in 2022, and certainly Kerry Joseph was part of that. Or you get to coach, be the position coach for the number one overall pick in the draft, and Caleb Williams, if he's the guy, his development is in your hands. So that's a bit, very big job and a very big challenge. And if you do it well, you're gonna. Get a lot of respect and attention for it. Um, Dustin says that um, that Justin Fields built like a safety, so maybe that could work. Who knows? Maybe you know, depending on who you draft, he'll put a hat on someone. <laughs> Justin Fields is put together pretty well. That would be a good fit, Harry Joseph and Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I don't. I don't know. Um, enough about him to um, to say there's a great hire or a bad hire. I, I look forward to meeting all these people look, and getting uh, their background. It's an interesting background story for Kerry Joseph. You give your coordinators the latitude to bring in people who speak the same language. Exactly. If you're trying to you know, teach a system and teach a new language and verbiage and all those things, then it helps to have somebody who is familiar, who knows your – work habits, who knows a lot about you. Luke Getze had his Andrew Janoco, and certainly now Shane Waldron has has Kerry Joseph, and they will join a staff that's already has a tight ends coach, already has an offensive line coach. Now they need a wide receivers coach, and uh, we'll see where they go for that. 312-644-6767. Mark is on the road. Hey, Mark. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. And uh, just so you know, I'm from out that from that area. That's why I'm calling. But I live in Iowa now. So I, uh, so I, I saw Brock Purdy play all of his years at ISU. And yep. when I see this guy play, he's like his last, we'll call it year and a half, basically. He played like his freshman and sophomore years. What he's playing like, his coordinators were different after, if I remember, after his junior year. I cannot remember, but that coordinator's not there no more. So when I look at what the way Brock Purdy's playing right now, he's playing like he did when he was when he doesn't have to do everything. Now, yeah, when you take Debo out of the game and stuff like that, then he starts having a little bit of problems where he's got to do a little bit more. But when you look at his last drive in that last game, you know he was on he was on fire. I mean, he just he was connecting. I think he went what six or seven. I can't. I'm not exactly sure on that stat, but and and he even ran it at one time where I thought he was going to go in the end zone, but he went down early. So I see that. You know, I want – I'm not a 49ers guy because, you know, bear down, baby. I mean, I'm a Bears guy. But 
I'm an ISU house too. So I, I'm I'm rooting for Brock Purdy, not the 49ers, but Brock Purdy. That's you fair. Know, I, it, yeah. I, I mean, we have our reasons for cheering for whomever we we want. I think that um, again, Debo took part in practice. We'll find out come game time. They believe he's going to play and how efficient he will be, and mm-hmm. how much he can do yep. if he's more. Uh, of a guy you're kind of using as a decoy, or if he can actually be a good uh, one, play like himself. He'd be a good one. Yeah, he's a heck of a. He player. changes your offensive no running game and passing game. You know, Brock Purdy. Let's face it. A year ago, at this time, he was the best story of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who was Mister Irrelevant. Now he was suddenly in a. Uh, Mr. Relevant, and forced he was going to the field. Forced and, on, he, yeah. he was going to lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl. What if he did that? That would be great. Now, a year later, he's not the best story in the playoffs. The Lions are. He's going up and try to ruin that story to make it not such a happy ending in Detroit. And I think there are questions surrounding Brock Purdy only because of the way he's raised expectations. Relatively speaking, the caller's right. You know, his college days and. You know, the fact that he's even on an NFL roster to begin with, great stuff. Great stuff. But now you're on the verge of a Super Bowl, and your last time out, you weren't so good. You had the drive that they remember. Before that, was he good? No. I mean, so I – He's one of five guys up for an MVP. The NFL MVP has come down to five players, two of them on the Niners, him and Christian McCaffrey – uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson's probably going to win it, and he's in the playoffs with the Ravens. But uh, other than that, you got Dak Prescott, and, uh, and and who was the fifth? It was another quarterback. Um, whatever. It's not Patrick Mahomes. So it's Josh Allen it's and Josh Dak Allen. and, yeah, and Josh Purdy. Yeah. So according to the uh, MVP voting. Um, you would have to say that uh, Brock Purdy had a better season, greater than sign Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I, I I know that is the way you could de- what you could deduce from that, and I know that that's exactly what people will look at. Like, yes, he stopped picking on Brock Purdy because he's better than Patrick Mahomes this season, <laughs> which is the, <laughs> which, is the dumbest which, thing ever. Which is absurd. Stated. Yeah, and uh, and that's okay. Statistically, you could make that argument, and certainly he's in the right framework offensively to succeed I think he's the fourth quarterback Left? among four this weekend you have him greater than that I trust Jared Goff I trust Jared Goff in this situation more than I do Brock Purdy wow do okay. you not uh I, you know Jared but, Goff's very interesting because he made it to a Super Bowl and then was abandoned uh, by his team they gave up two number ones along with him to get a guy who could win a Super Bowl with him. So, um, I don't know. I think I'm basing it on the last time out. Okay. And maybe I'm being overly influenced by what the Packers made Brock Purdy look like in the first half, which was like a very pedestrian game manager. I would just say in the future, let's just have Patrick Mahomes remain in MVP voting all the way through. In in perpetuity? Yes. Yes. For as long as he's going to play – Keep them on that list. If you got to take somebody out, you know, maybe don't have two guys from the Well, what does the award mean? If you're talking about the value and the most valuable player to his team in the league, yeah, he's got to be on it every year. Yeah, absolutely. Every year. Yeah. Where are the Chiefs without Patrick Patrick Mahomes? 
They're, uh, they're not they're not preparing for an AFC championship they're game. They're not shining up any rings. I <laughs> no. tell you that. They don't win those rings. Yeah. And uh look, I mean, I I I get it. You know, they've got guys on that team that uh are very decorated players and you can argue whether Kelsey is a Hall of Famer in the future and et cetera. But um but that's the player. Patrick Mahomes is greater than all quarterbacks. I mean, he's the Jordan of the NFL. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he's going to beat Lamar. doesn't mean he's going to get past uh, one of the great balanced teams. Although, you know, we talked about the officials. Don't bring that up, though, because that sounds like you're saying the game's fixed. So uh, they have to find a Super Bowl spot for Taylor Swift. She, she could uh, sing with Usher. If it meant that much. Oh, he won't be sharing stage. No, I don't think he wants to do that. He's got, what, 19 minutes. He's going to take advantage of that. Every one of those Plus, she'll be tired and jet-lagged if she's at the Super Bowl. She'll be coming from Tokyo where where she will be performing that weekend. Is that right? Yeah. Super Bowl weekend, she's in Tokyo? Yep, she's in Tokyo. How do you know this? You follow I talked about it on Tuesday. You just just listening now? I I, I heard you, David. Okay, thank thank you, you, Tyson. I know you don't read my stories that I email. You didn't email me that story. I went back and did a search. You did not email me any story. I hear you. You didn't email me anything. Sorry, sometimes I like, you know, zone out when you mention I'm just here for my own amusement. That's okay. Well, Dustin says that he's no longer emailing any stories because we're not using them enough and we don't acknowledge him enough. He's getting a little bit over his skis about this stuff. You know, we have nothing but love and respect for you, Dustin. I don't know why you don't hear it in our voices. Because we say it, and you consider it empty praise. But you're a great man altogether. Uh, I saw I saw Layla here. Layla's here. Layla, Dan is out of town. It's Dan's Layla out of town. and Lawrence. Wow, that's awesome. We'll talk to Layla and Lawrence next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.